Well, hello, hello again. Welcome to the second episode of the Prep Extra Prod Podcast, presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, I am one of your hosts, Jeff Ekstrom, and along with me is head prep writer Luke Mullen. Luke, another episode, another week of prep action. Absolutely. It was uh, a good week to kick things off with. Definitely some of those those big matchups. Uh, we got to get right into them. You know, honestly, they're People have been talking about them for days, so we might as well jump on the train, too. Yeah, I mean, last week was just an absolutely loaded week. Two number one versus number two matchups, and there's a plethora of others. But, like you mentioned, Luke, let's start with the number one and two matchups. First, we'll start in Class A. Number two, Millard South beat number one, Bellevue West, 42-28. to And to me, obviously we'll get to Bennington and Scott just right after that, but to me it was Millard South just, I think, controlling the entire game that surprised me the most out of both those matchups absolutely I mean you you look at Millard South and you think okay they're a solid team all over but are they going to be able to defend some of these elite Bellevue West talents on offense and at you know on on the same vein are they going to be able to break through on offense themselves and and be that kind of high scoring team and really this is it was a huge win for the Patriot defense Um, you know they allowed a decent amount of yardage in the passing game but you know, one of those situations if they're not getting in the end zone, <laughs> they did their job right. And obviously you have uh, Gage Stanger. He, he was the just, man that yeah, night. Just ridiculous two-way threat, 220 passing yards, almost 200 on the ground as well. On defense, he plays defense too. I think uh, I saw Stu Pospisil from the World Herald noted that Millard South is pretty much entirely two-way players. Mm. WS specialized one side of the ball, which is kind of an interesting contrast to make there. But just great effort by Millard South, you know, showed how good they are, offense and defense overall. They're the team to beat in Class A, definitely, after that one. Well, yeah, it's interesting to see these teams. Some have players specialize on one side, while others do two-way. I know, like, I'm from Kearney. I went to Kearney High. I know Kearney is all, literally every player is a two-way player. Then you got Bellevue West and those other schools. So it's interesting to see that contrast. How many schools do two-way in Class A? Um, I, I mean, obviously the smaller ones, yeah, but... I think, honestly, it, it depends more on the player than the school. Okay. Because you're going to have guys who can maybe play, like, half the snaps on one side of the ball. You know, they got to get the rest somewhere. You know, there there might be other situations where they kind of need that opposite side to kind of refocus. You know, you don't want them out there on both sides because, hey, we need you to specialize. We need you to yeah. check out the tape, you know, in the couple of minutes we get between drives. Um, so, yeah, definitely the majority of Class A is is one way. There's there's always going to be, you know, some of those guys that are good enough to play mm-hmm. both ways. But, yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive. A guy like Stanger who's quarterback, linebacker, he's all over the field, yep. never leaves. Like, that's crazy. And, yeah, it's interesting, too, that they he's that good to play linebacker because if you're Millet's house head coach, it's like, wow, he's really good at quarterback. Are you sure? Do I want him to be on defense in case he gets injured yeah. so he can't run that offense? But Obviously, he's that he's that good. Yeah, that he, he need he feels like he needs to put him out there. And kind of the interesting thing too is he was like a big practice team guy last year when they had Urban at, at quarterback. Mm, yep. They kept getting him reps at QB in practice last year. He told me that you know they they needed to get him ready for this year. They knew he's going to be the guy. So definitely, it's it's paying off for them. Well, then you got L.J. Richardson who was held to under 100 yards in Bellevue West, only seven points in that second half. So I would say. The Millard South defense, I think, was more impressive than their offense. Definitely. 
And for Bell West, it's kind of one of those things like, hey, you got these guys. They're always going to be capable of, you know, breaking that huge play. But do you have the ability to grind out, you know, these like yeah. long drives, be a consistent team like that? And they they really didn't do that in the second half. That's that's why the scoring was down, just seven points in the second half for them. And yeah, like you said, credit to the Millard South defense for making it that difficult yeah. for them. Now, I think one of the biggest questions out of this game, what does this say about Bellevue West? Because coming into the year, it was Bellevue West up here. Everyone is just a step below them at all. Then they come to Millard South and just get kind of throttled a little bit. Is this a situation where they poke the bear, <laughs> or is Millard South in that tier? Millard South definitely in that tier. I think Bell West's performance week three against Prep was also, you know, they're kind of on warning alert yeah. after that. Like, okay, that was a close game. You know, against a really good team, but hey, you're not like by and far and large the the best team in Class A that can't be topped. Mm-hmm. Millard South did that. You know, they they came into their place too and did it. That's also mm-hmm. something else that is worth noting. Easy. Easier at home, more difficult on the road, um, regardless of opponent. And so for Bell West, you know, ultimately they're still going to be one of those yeah. couple teams that is always going to be a state title contender. Um, but yeah, this this definitely goes to show you got to develop that consistency over the season. You're not going to just be able to roll over all these good opponents week to week. Well, that was an interesting one. And then you had the same night, number two Bennington. Both number two teams kind of went off against their opponents, <laughs> and especially in the case of Bennington, just absolutely destroyed number one Omaha Scott, 42-7. to And, I mean, three touchdowns from Trey Bird, who threw for over 200 yards and three TDs. Then Dylan Mostek, one of the best running backs in the state, nearly 200 yards with two touchdowns. Luke, where do you analyze that game? Because that wasn't even close. Absolutely. The, the score line just kind of jumps out to you. You're like, whoa, Bennington no. really just went and did that? Like, oh, my gosh, they are for real. And it has to be Bird's performance. Um, you know, you, you kind of take it for granted. Mostek, he's putting up these huge numbers. He's taking 30 carries a week. He's not slowing down. You know, he, he's one of those guys that they're going to count on to get yardage, carry the rock time and time again. But when you have that quarterback, too, that I'm sure they run and play action a bunch, you know, he's able to pop those big plays, too. That is just a ridiculous combination for defenses to stop. And I, I mentioned it last week, Bird coming in, he wasn't maybe going to be the starter this year starter ahead of him Wempin he had an injury you get the junior in and he just slots in seamlessly I mean that that goes to say a lot about the strength of Bennington's program it's coaching too to have a guy come in and put up those numbers let's say and then where do you rank this as it's got to be one of the biggest victories in school history in like the last decade or so yeah I mean they lost almost got in the playoffs for what three straight years three Mm -hmm. maybe even four from 2016 to 2019 Scott just had their number and all of a sudden they just blow them out of the water yeah I mean, in terms of football, it, yeah. it has to be perhaps the biggest they've had in a decade. They, they haven't beat Scott in a decade. And, you know, just from an overall school perspective, like I said, these, these schools are about 10, 15 minutes away in Omaha. They're always kind of in the same, yeah. you know, sentence about teams that are good in similar sports, whatever it is in Class B. Um, so to just have that come out, you know, during the fall sports season, I'm sure all their other programs are are feeling pretty good too. Yep. They're going, hey, you know, we're Bennington, we're a serious athletic athletic school. We got title contending teams, and yeah, definitely one that I'm sure has gotten the whole school buzzing for a couple of days. Well, they have a looking ahead at their schedule. They have a pretty clear path to the number one seed. The only real big one they have is October. Looks like eighth. They're at Elkhorn, which that one should be a dandy too. 
but otherwise they face four teams that right now are one and three in their tier four teams. So looks like they have a clear path number number one seed if they can get past Elkhorn because those would be two really quality wins. Yeah, they they pass the more difficult part of their schedule yep. with just flying colors. Definitely keeping most stick healthy. That's going to be the key for some of these games. You know, if you're up thirty, don't. Give him yeah. 30 carries yep. a game. You know, yep. let, he, I'm sure he wants to break some serious re- uh, records, and he just still might do that with the, the great start he's had. But, yeah, like you mentioned, that path, the number one seed, is pretty open for him. Well, you had two, those two big games, and then you had uh, just other ones that were really solid matchups on paper. Uh, Luke, I mean, you attended Lincoln Southeast and at Creighton Prep. Mm-hmm. And, again, that wasn't close. Creighton no. Prep explodes, beats them 41-7. to What did you see there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I was watching the warmups, and I I never would have anticipated that Southeast was just going to get punched in the mouth like no. that. You know, both teams looked ready to play. It wasn't a case of like they're on the road, they didn't turn up ready. Like they were ready to play. Prep just rolled over them, particularly um, along the lines. You know, mm-hmm. Prep has a lot of size up there. I think the coaching must be pretty good too. They were opening some great holes for their running backs. And you look at Southeast, they got the ball first. They went three and out their first three drives. First drive, a punt goes negative yardage. Oh, boy. They get down 20-0. Like, it's it's just hard to of, come back from Yeah, that. it's just one of those games where, like, I think these teams are pretty close in terms of talent level. But you get off to a start like that, it is so difficult to come back from. They gave it a decent fight near the end of the second quarter. Third quarter prep just came out, lit them up again, and, and that was it. And then you had a game that was on Thursday. Then the next night, you were at Seacrest for number 10 Lincoln East, rolling over visiting Miller North, 56-20. Noah Walters just, whoo, he could sling it, baby. <laughs> Four touchdowns. What, did he get over 400 yards? He had six touchdowns. Uh, yeah. Even just, better. Just about 400. Um, I think it might have been 402 or something like that. Um, but, yeah, Walters, just incredible. I thought particularly Miller North, big mistake, they – they didn't put a safety over the top most of the time. They were they were kind of stacking the box, trying to get a little bit more pressure yeah. on him, get the ball out quick, which is a decent strategy. You know, don't don't give him five seconds to sit in the yeah. pocket and yep. find, find one of those great receivers. But he just burned them. He had three touchdowns over fifty yards or more. You get some of those speedy big receivers out there, and I mean Walter's accuracy is just incredible. Yeah. He's he's able to find those pockets, get that space. And definitely on defense, too, a, a solid effort from, from Lincoln East. You've got that rushing attack, as always, from Miller North. And they were susceptible to the QB run. You know, that's always going to be one of the, the issues there. Who's your guy containing that QB? But completely shut him down in the second half. Kind of the effort that you want, that momentum going into a big game this week. And then my hot take did not go over well. Lincoln Southwest gets dominated by Elkhorn South, 49 to nothing. Yep, which is too bad because I thought know. Southwest had some momentum going for him. Definitely, is Elkhorn South came ready to play. They yeah. were ready to show that come back from some of these more difficult performances, ready to kind of just run a team out of there. <laughs> <laughs> they they did that to Southwest. I mean, zero points is is pretty rough yeah. against any opponent. So they must have listened and uh, heard yeah. my hot take, and they're like, "No, <laughs> no, Jeff, that that's not going to happen." But then you have other Lincoln matchups uh, around the city and around the state. I mean, Luke, you predicted those. You were looking for them to go 5-5, five and five, but 
That didn't happen. No. <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was a little bit more of a unique week. You know, since we have so many Class A teams here in Lincoln, usually there's a Lincoln on Lincoln matchup. But last week, all 10 Lincoln teams, they played teams from outside the city. Uh, so it was always going to be kind of interesting to see the way those results panned out. And I, I set the target. I thought 5-5 five and five would be a good week, quite a few difficult matchups. Um, and that, that kind of fell on its face. Lincoln teams going 3-7. and seven. Lincoln East with the win, as you mentioned. Lincoln Lutheran over Sutton, 14-13. That's a very good ranked Sutton team. And Parkview Christian over Pawnee City, 54-36. Also Pawnee City ranked in six-man. Parkview moving up in, in my latest rankings. They're joining joining uh, the six-man ratings. So, yeah, you know, you, you got to say those Lutheran and Parkview beating ranked opponents, credit to them, but definitely some disappointing results from some of those Class A teams. So quality over quantity wins this week yeah. for the Lincoln schools. But fresh off the press, you can check them out at prepextra.com. Luke, you have your new set of rankings. Let's go through those. We'll start in Class A. You have prep going to number four after that win against Lincoln Southeast, despite only that 2-2 two and two record. And then you readjusted things at the top of the lineup. You have Millard South, Bell West, and then West Side slots in at number three. Yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting one for me because you've got Elkhorn South there, 3-1, and one, also a really good team, last year's runner-up. you got Gretna, who's 4-0, and oh, playing really good football. Uh, but I really think there's there's no reason why prep shouldn't be number four at this point. They kind of put up a stinker week one against Westside. Quarterback had a rough day. Took him a little bit of time to get going. But I promise you, if you see this defense play in person, you'll go, okay, this is a state title quality defense. Yeah. You know, that that's the type of defense that can hold opponents to seven like they did for Southeast. You know, that's a that was a top five team going in with a great rushing attack, and they didn't let him get anything going. So yeah, the the two and two record is a little bit um, off putting, but hey, you know the rationale too is most of the teams in Class A would lose to Westside and Bell West, so yeah. there's really no shame in in putting up a good fight there. So yeah, Gretna Gretna able to jump up a little bit. They got some more difficult games ahead. Um, looking to see a little bit more from them, but for now, yeah, that's the way it it runs one to six. In Class B, of course, Bennington with that win, they are sticking at number one. Elkhorn. Defending state champions in Class B, they're up to number two, while Scott slips down to number three. Yep. Bennington really kind of proved that, you know, they I had them a little bit higher than some other ratings that I've been seeing. You know, some people had them at three or four, um, but you take down Scott, and there's no yeah. question who's number one. You know, where, where you put Scott is a little bit of a question, too. I thought Elkhorn, you know, the undefeated record, they've had some really tough, close games you know, these these have been good teams, Norris, Waverly, Blair, all kind of in that conversation, Norris and Waverly, top 10 teams for sure. Um, so you, so you got to expect a little bit more out of Elkhorn, maybe, you know, put them away by a touchdown instead of two points, some of these opponents. But, hey, you know, if you're able to win those close games, that's, again, that's what a state title team does. And the long winning streak they've got going, you know, they're just going to keep that rolling. They're going to have that belief in them. So I feel comfortable putting Elkhorn two, Scott three, Obviously pretty close at the top. Then you have Plattsmith at four, and you mentioned that they really haven't been challenged, and I decided to look that up. Yeah, they haven't. Their opponents' records combined are 2-14 and uh, through the first four weeks. They finally, they actually have a pretty rough stretch to end the season, and we're only about halfway. Crete at Norris, home against Waverly, at Beatrice, who's 4-0 right now, then they finish out the season weirdly, hosting Bellevue East. Yeah, which to me doesn't make any sense how that lined up. 
Yeah, I, I don't know why you play that last week of the season particularly. I mean, it's always good to get a kind of Class A, Class B, a little bit. I guess, but I, I, but I don't. I don't. Has that happened in recent, most recently? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't remember I think, that happening. I think Pius plays Norris. Oh, okay. Um, and but that makes a little sense because Pius is always messing around with A and B yeah. enrollment. But I've never heard of that with Bell East or Plattsmith. Yeah, I. <laughs> we might have to ask them about that. Yeah. Say, hey, how'd you get that game scheduled? <laughs> yeah, but I'm curious. Aurora played North Platte to open the season. Oh, too. okay. That's, so I think we've got yeah we've got three Class A Class B matchups okay. this season, um, and North Star Hastings. So that, that oh, makes that's four, right. Actually, but the week the week zero is you know that's kind of an odd yeah. situation too in itself. Um, but yeah, for for Plattsmouth, I I will say on their schedule, Blair they've had some really tough opponents. Elkhorn North definitely the best. 0-4 team in the state. They've played four really good Class B opponents. So the records make it look bad. You know, the, those teams are decent, but yeah, Plattsmouth, they're they are going to have to prove it over the next couple weeks. Moving down to uh, C1, Boone Central up to number five as they take on number one Pierce. Probably the game of the week, yep. I would say, across any class. And then you got Wahoo, Adam Central drop out. Of course, Wahoo, that game was something last week against Milford. Milford was able to get a pick six, what, with five minutes left? Yeah, pretty late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Might have been even a little less than that. No. Yeah. Pick six, they end up winning it because of that play, 28-21. And as a result, Wahoo drops down a little bit. Yep, huge win for Milford. I'm sure that's that's a great great win for their program, taking down a consistent you know playoff team in Wahoo up there. And really kind of this week, as as is usually the case in C1, just kind of go to show how close some of these teams are. You know, Adam Central, they were a, a great playoff team last year. They've they've put up some good fights this year too. But two and two record, they're going to drop out along with Wahoo. And personally, I was I was kind of maybe a little bit late to the party with Boone Central. I thought, well, you know, they're a solid team, but you know, are are they able to contend with those top teams? Well, that that week one win over Norfolk Catholic that keeps looking better yep. every week. Norfolk yep. looking like one of the top teams in C two. You know, I I thought maybe they were having a down year. Definitely not the case. And Central City, a nice win this last week. They got a really good quarterback up there, Kale Jensen. Um, put up some good points, too. But, you know, that was a really good comparison for me to Pierce. You know, obviously the, the Pierce defense just all around defending state champions. They're going to be great. Um, but you look at their quarterback, Abram Schulting, compare him to Jensen. Those two guys are probably pretty similar. You know, Pierce has weapons all over, Brommer and you commit. So, that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge, but hey, if their offense is able to score 46 points, if they're able to keep these great offenses to a, a you know respectable scoring degrees, that's pretty good. Then that's why they're at number five. Then in C two, you got Norfolk Catholic, the one that's shooting up all the way to number two, right behind. Um, let's see, right here in number one, Archbishop Bergen, but Norfolk Catholic coming up with a huge win over number two Oakland Craig last week. Yep. They're rated four now, but impressive win. That's a really good win. Definitely. And you kind of look at the Norfolk Catholic schedule. They they opened with that loss to Boone Central. looked pretty bad at the time, honestly, in my opinion. You know, losing to a team a class down, season opener at home, just a couple of those factors. And they kind of squeak out a win against Bishop Newman. Pretty solid team, going to be a, a playoff-level contender. And then these next two weeks just, just show how legit they are. They beat defending state champion Ord beat Oakland Craig, who's who really had such a great year on offense going so far, 
hold them to just 14 points. I mean, that, that defense, just 21 points combined over the last two weeks to to two of those teams that you would think are going to be able to score touchdowns pretty consistently. You know, Archbishop Bergen, you might need to watch out. They, they don't play in the regular season, mm-hmm. but going down the stretch, Norfolk Catholic, I think, you know, if that defense is their strength, that's going to be a great way to slow down Archbishop Bergen. Jeff Beller, head coach there, he's won state yep. tiles before. You never know what could happen. Other rankings, not much changes in Class D or D, D1 and D2. You do have in six-man, though, the only, I would say, notable change is Parkview Christian finally pops in there at number nine. So City School getting yep. another ranking there. Yep, they had a, a pretty good performance two weeks ago against Sterling, one of the top teams, you know, it's it's always going to be hard to keep that close, but yeah, Parkview they they got pretty good numbers out this year. They got a, a stud running back and looking to make some noise down the stretch, definitely. Well, there is your kind of week four recap and the analysis of the new rankings. We will take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to do a week five preview and then our hot takes of the week. Going to be a good one. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back. As we resume the second episode of the Prep Extra podcast, Luke Mullen along with Jeff Ekstrom. And let's get into week five. Obviously, it's going to be hard to replicate what was last week when we had just a bunch of ranked matchups, but we still got a couple good ones. We'll start in the capital city in Lincoln. Number eight, Lincoln Southeast, and number nine, Lincoln East. That one is always a battle between those two schools. You have the high-powered offense in Lincoln East taking on a stout defense in Southeast. Yeah, definitely had this one scheduled at the beginning of the year. Thought there was a decent chance both of these teams could be 4-0. Lincoln East, they lose on the road to Papio South a couple weeks ago. Southeast dropping to prep just the week before this. But 3-1, and one, still very respectable records, you know, almost halfway through the season. And this will be a, a big one to kind of elevate one team to four and one then drop the other to three and two you know obviously there's still quite a few weeks left um, but you just think about the boost this will give them yep. really kind of the stake for the best team in Lincoln really at will will be awarded after this yeah, game basically yep so like you mentioned it's it's going to be interesting to see no Walters he is just dominating teams like I said that that six touchdown day last week that was pretty incredible and Southeast they I'm I'm going to be really interested to ask head coach Ryan Gatula, you know, what are you thinking here? Like, they've played some really good teams, but they really haven't played a quarterback who's going to be pocket passer, pick apart the defense yep. like Walters is. They faced a lot of running guys, a lot of running offenses. So it's going to be a really different test for that Southeast defense. And I do think they, they have really strong defensive backs. That is one of the strengths of their defense, you know, maybe why other teams have shied away from attacking that. Um, so I, th- I think they'll be able to put up a pretty capable fight there. But definitely slowing down Walter is going to be the key. And controlling the ball, always when you have a, a good quarterback on the other side, you're going to want the ball in your hands yeah. and not his. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting if Southeast can score yeah. with Lincoln East. I think that's the biggest question mark in this entire game. For sure. You know, Butenbach, their running back, he's one of those guys, give him the ball 25 times a game, you know, 
ride him for first downs. But, hey, if you're going to be able to keep up with Walters, keep up with that East offense, might need to throw a few touchdowns, mm-hmm. might need to score five touchdowns in a game. Southeast hasn't really done that so far this year. So, you know, ultimately it might be one of those things where, hey, is he, is Lincoln East under, you know, like 31 points? Okay, then Southeast is probably going to win. Are they over that? Then yeah. it's probably going Lincoln East way. Going to be interesting. That one will be at Seacrest on Thursday. Fr- Thursday. Okay, yep. that's the Thursday, Thursday one. Night game. So it should be a good Thursday night matchup. But then the other one in Class A that might not necessarily be close on paper but should be interesting, number two Bellevue West hits the road to take on Kearney after what was an historic win for the yep. Bearcats last year against Bell West in the state quarterfinals. That one's interesting. At first, I was going to pick them as my hot take that Kearney is going to beat Bell West. But then thinking about it a little more, I'm like, I'm not sure if Bell West drops two in a row. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Even if it is at Kearney, which is still a very challenging atmosphere considering that all my schools despise traveling to Kearney for that long. Yep. I don't know if Bell West drops two in a row with that talent up that they have. It is pretty rough to play them just coming off a loss. Too. Yeah. I mean, they were already going to be incredibly motivated to kind of show that they've improved from last year. Mm-hmm. They can beat a Kearney team. Well, now they're coming off a loss. They're mad that they're not yeah. number one. They're mad that they're not undefeated. So that's that's going to be rough for Carney to contend with. And really... Considering the yeah, loss Carney is coming off of sure. against Miller West, too. Yeah, so a lot at stake for both of these teams to kind of get back on the right track. And Bellevue West, I'm sure you've seen it all over Twitter. They've got a big image of the pylon in their locker room. Mm. Just the pylon knocked over, the one point. It's been their rallying cry the whole off season. You know, ultimately, yes, their dreams are state titles. It's not all about Carney, but hey, this is like a tangential thing. They can go. You know, we lost to Carney last year. They're the ones who ruined our season. Like, come out, pop them, show them how much better they are this year. Versus Carney thinking, hey, you know, we upset this team last year. Let's just go and do it again. They yeah. think they think they're all that. They lost last week. We lost. You know, give them our best shot. Should be interesting one. In Carney, but in Class B, a couple of little interesting matchup. We already talked about Plattsmouth, but they take on Crete. You have number six Seward hosting Hastings, and then number nine Beatrice hosting number seven Norris. So not like the high end one versus five, two versus three that, but a bunch of solid matchups that should result in some interesting scores and results. Yep, I'll be at that Beatrice game on Friday mm-hmm. night, so should be a great atmosphere down there. Norris, a really good team. You know, especially on the road, I think they're a team that plays tough on the road with that defense and and a strong offense as well. And definitely putting on upset alert for for Plattsmouth and Seward. They've done really well to roll off to those 4-0 records. Um, You look at Crete, they've played some real solid games. They really tested Seward a couple weeks ago too. And Hastings got off to a rough start. They've had a couple maybe slightly disappointing losses, but they've got a great quarterback, great dual threat. And, you know, they're always able to to conjure up some good wins. You know, Hastings doesn't usually go down the whole season without pulling off a big win here or there. So, yeah, going to put upset alert on those two teams. Let's say after dropping their first three games of the year, Hastings has won two straight, shutting out Garing a couple weeks ago and then just recently beating Alliance 30-18. to So they're on a little bit of a roll. You never know what could happen with that kind of momentum. So we will certainly see. But into C1... And probably the matchup of the week, it's number one Pierce taking on number five Boone Central. Yep. Who takes Luke? Well, it's it's nice for Boone Central to get that one at home too. Yeah. You know, I'm that place is gonna be rocking. Yeah. Like <laughs> that might be one of the more relevant 
games they've had there for a long time. Absolutely. And you just get, you know, you get a team that's off to that start 4-0. You know, they're already going to go crazy for a home game. Oh, wait, it's the number one team defending state champion coming to town. It's going to be crazy. I, I really like Boone Central. They've got a nice running game. They've been able to keep opponents uh, pretty in check on defense. And those two those two factors, I think, will go a long way to standing up to Pierce. Well, we move on to finish up the show. It is Jeff and Luke's hot take of the week. Luke, we're going to start yeah. with you. We just talked about it. Exactly. Boone Central, Pierce, what do you got? Well, I think it's time, Pierce fans. You've been winning regular season games on end. It's time for it to stop. I think this is the week that Boone Central snaps Pierce's ridiculous long regular season win uh, win record. I have him at 37 straight, dating back to October 13th, 2017, when West Point Beamer beat him in OT. Of course, defending state champions, they lost to Wahoo and in that big state title game a couple years ago as well. So you look at Pierce, you know, they have this winning tradition. They have weapons all over on offense. They're a tough team on defense. You know, they're expecting to be at that state title mark by the end of the year. But, hey, you got Boone Central, like I mentioned, off to that 4-0 start. And, you know, you just have to think, okay, they're going to get up for this game. They're going to give them their absolute best shot that they can. You know, I bet this one is decided by seven points or less, and sometimes the home team, the team with a little bit more motivation, takes that. Well, that one is going to be really fun. Yeah. should be very interesting to see. My hot take, I'm going to change it up. I originally had it down. I'm st- it's going to be still the same game. I'm choosing between Lincoln East and Lincoln Southeast. I originally had Lincoln East winning by two touchdowns. I'm going to up that to three. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say Lincoln East beats Lincoln Southeast by 21 points or more. You're a bold man. Yes. I believe in Noah Walters in that offense. I, I, Southeast isn't scoring that many points. Yeah. I, I don't think they can. Well, it, it definitely can happen. I mean, if you think Walters is putting up five, six touchdowns pretty easily, I mean, you know, not, not to opposing defenses easily, but in terms of his skill set, he seems to pick up part of these defenses so quickly. You know, he always finds the right read. So, hey, you know, you get – you get a couple of touchdowns in the first half, and maybe they could run away with it in the second and put up that 21-point margin of victory, yeah. I'm betting the house. Noah Walters, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. I believe in Noah and see what he can do. That's going to be a fun one on Thursday night. Absolutely. Well, let's get to wrap things up from us on Episode 2 of the Prep Extra Podcast. Luke, that was fun. Plenty of action going on around the state this week. Yep, make sure to stick with us. Follow at Prep Extra on Twitter. Like I mentioned, I'll have that big Lincoln East-Southeast game on Thursday. I'll be down in Beatrice on Friday. And we got riders all over the city covering all the big city teams on Friday as well. So stay tuned. Catch up with all the NEB Preps action on PrepExtra.com, including this podcast, and wherever you can find it, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you want to listen, we will be there. We'll also be here next week. From Luke Mullen. Make sure to follow Luke at LMullen7 on Twitter. And you can follow myself, Jeff Ekstrom, at X on Sports. Well, until then, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.